Bibles, open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to show you something. Some of us, we believe certain things about ourselves. I want to, I want, last week I talked about uh, never again. Amen. Never again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to look at verse 17. If you'd stand for the reading of God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Um, amen. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things, the old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. New things, new things have come. I want to talk about this morning, the change. Turn to your neighbor and say the change. Amen. The change. Amen. Curse breakers. Part three. Curse breakers. Throughout this series, um, I've told you, thank you, Ushers, told you that there is a misnomer about generational curses. I told you when I started this series, I did my research, and there is limited information, limited biblical, sound biblical information about curses and generational curses, which led me to do my own study. I found out and through my study that it's not curses, it's consequences. I believe that a lot of what's happening to us in our lives right now is the consequences that we are reaping from the generations past. I've been doing a new devotional this year. I've been reading through the Bible one chapter at a time. I'm in the book of 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and while reading through the book of 2 Kings, there's a name that keeps popping up. And the name, and, and it, it's a phrase that keeps coming up. It says, and the people fell into the sin of Jehoram. I've seen it 22 times in the book of 2 Kings, the sin of Jehoram. I began to do my research and I found out that Jehoram was the first king of Israel that divided, of the divided Israel, he was the first king who did more evil than any other king that had ever lived. In other words, he had made himself other gods, idols made out of metal. And, and what he did, he, he, he aroused the anger of God against him by causing the people of God to walk in idolatry. I started to look at this a little bit more and I looked at all 22 places where it says that Jehoiabim had sinned. The sin of Jehoiabim begins to 
begins to hunt the kings, all the kings of Israel. His actions affected many generations. I'm going somewhere. When I began this series, I told you that the first, pl- the first place you have to start if you're going to break those generational curses or consequences in your life is that you and I must return to God. We cannot serve anybody else but God. If you serve man or if you serve whatever, you will find out quickly how disappointed you're going to be. Do I have anybody? 22 times throughout the first second kings you find that it says the sin of Jehoram is mentioned and they, this is what it says it says and they clung to the sin of Jehoram one man's actions has affected generations can i ask you a question this morning amen what about your generation Who's going to be the change agent? Who's going to be the one to say never again? Who's going to be the one to say that my life will not be like my daddy's life? Come on, somebody. Like my grandpa's life. My, my grandpa before that. You follow what I'm saying? Or my grandmother. Or whatever the case may be. Because one thing I do know is that even though mama was cool and cute and grandma was cool and cute, mama and grandma was born in sin. Do I have anybody? And we are all born with a bent towards sin. Do I have anybody? And so as a result of that... Amen. We know that there are some things in our family lines. Come on, somebody. Some of us have had members of our family to commit suicide. Do I have anybody? Some of us have had members in our family addicted to drugs. Some of us have had members in our family, amen, to do certain things and live certain way. And you're wondering, what's wrong with them? How did they end up that way? Oh, they just got to do right. But the question is, how can they do right when all they know is wrong? Do I have anybody? And I want to say this to you today. I, I, I believe that the change begins now. Tell your neighbor, the change begins now. You have to decide this morning that you're not going to be the same. That your life will not turn out, come on somebody, amen, like what you say you don't want to turn out like. And you have to mean it to yourself. But here's what I found out. We lack the power to change if we don't know the one who can change us. Do I have anybody? We find here in this book of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, And he writes them to deal with some of the consequences that had crept into the Christian church. You had a young man who was sleeping with his daddy's wife. Tell your neighbor generational curse. (laughs) Amen. You had doubt. This is in the church. This is who he's writing to. He's writing to some people who would say hallelujah on Sunday. But on Monday, 
Amen. They would be living a different life. I don't know about you, but but here's the thing. I don't want to fake this thing. I want to live this thing. Anybody want to live this thing? Amen. Any, any of you want to experience life abundantly? And I'm talking about a life full of joy. I'm talking about a life full of peace, a life full of contentment. And what we find in the Corinthian church, they had become a culturally infected church. They had become a church who was looking like their culture. Do I have anybody? And Paul writes to them. To address the issues to them. And he comes to this place and he says, listen, there was division. There was all kinds of things going on. But if you back up, Paul says some things. Look look, look what he says here in this chapter. This, this chapter is pretty heavy. Chapter 5. Look at verse 1. He says, for we know. That if this earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, uh huh, we have what? A building from who? From God. A house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. So, what he's pointing them to is eternity. He's pointing them to the fact that, listen, you may, you may be struggling right now in this life. But he's given them hope to understand that when this earthly tent is destroyed, notice he references the body, your body as a tent, something what? Temporary. Amen. And he goes on and he talks to them about how we will one day be with Christ. We must all, verse 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's an appointment you will not miss Amen. It's an appointment that you'll not be late for. He says, I'm trying to get to it. Watch this. I'm going to show you how the change is going to start. But before he talks about earthly change, he talks about eternal change. He says, not only is your body going to change, but one day you and I will stand before God and we will have to give an account for what we have done here on earth. Not for condemnation, but for rewards. Do I have anybody? Now, if you're an unbeliever now, there's a different story. You may appear before the great white throne, not the Bema seat of Christ. Do I have anybody? Now, to get that all out the way, <laughs> look at verse 14. Verse 14 is powerful because he says, for the love of what? Christ. Does what? Controls us. You see, if you're going to break these generational consequences, you got to ask yourself this question. What's controlling you? Superstition? Come on. Your, your belief system? What you believe about yourself? What was told to you? What you actually see? Paul says, the thing that controls me is what? The love of Christ. It's having concluded this, that all, that one died for all, therefore what? All died. Now, in other words, he's saying that the moment that Christ died, that those who would accept him, amen, or even before you accepted him, Watch this. He died for you. 
He died for you so that you would live. But before you can live, you got to die. Do I have anybody? And watch this, watch this. I don't know about you, but there was a point in my life where I was tired of starting over. Anybody tired of starting over? Any any of you are tired of going through the same routine over? Mm -hmm. Over and you keep saying, yeah, we're going to do better next year. We're going to do better next month. And we keep trying to do better, but yet we keep falling right. Come on, help me. We keep falling right back. But when Christ died, he died so that you and I would change. And I don't know why you struggle, why we struggle with change, but a lot of us struggle with change. A lot of us are still holding on to the fact that, watch this, that things will never be better for us. We have believed some of these lies of the enemy, but you got to understand that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That yes, your children can change. Yes, they can. That you can change. Watch this. He says in verse 15, he says, and he died for all so that they who live, watch this, might no longer what? Might no what 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 is it? Might no longer live for what themselves, and so what Paul is trying to say to them is that if you're living, watch what's controlling you. But let me ask you something: Who are you living for? Because who you live for plays a big part in your change. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> Whenever you start. Living for something else, success will leave you. You you, you do know that, right? Uh, You may try, but I want to tell somebody here who's struggling with this right now. You already tuned me out. It's all good. But but let me just say this to you. You, You're not living for you anymore. Because if you keep living for you, you're going to let you down. Because you don't even know what you want. That's why you're so confused. That's why you keep jumping from one person to, I'm sorry, you keep going from one place to another place. You keep trying to find it in Buddha and you try to find it in Muslim and you try to find it in Allah and this and that and this and that, but you have yet to find it yet. As a matter of fact, your peace is so short, it comes and goes. Do I have anybody? Now I'm talking to you right quick. Watch this. Watch this. He says, they no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose on their behalf. And so, in other words, not only are you not living for yourself, but you can appreciate what Christ has done for you. See, I'm grateful for what he has done for me. Because I know I wouldn't die for me. (laughs) I'm sorry, I wouldn't die for you. I'm just saying, would you die for me? You wouldn't jump in front of a bus for me. But but he says, let me tell you something. I'm not living for me, but I'm living for the one who showed me, showed me that he would jump in a bus for me. And he didn't jump in front of a bus for me. He died on a cross for me so that I may no longer live for what? Myself but live with a new purpose in life, and that is to glorify him. Now you say, what does this have to do with curse breakers? I'll show you. Watch what he says next. 
He says, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though, what? We have known Christ according to flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Now we get to verse 17, and he says, this is a big piece right here. He says, therefore, if. Now you got to be careful here. Because the therefore means something. The therefore means that the love of Christ is controlling you. That you're no longer living for yourself. This doesn't apply to everybody. Watch this. He says, uh, the love of Christ is controlling you. He says, but therefore if. And so the question I have for you this morning is, amen, who are you really living for? But watch this. He comes into the passage. He says, therefore, if. So, if we are. Now, the if is in the first class condition. If, and it is true. So, in other words, if you take the if for what it is and not doubt what it is, it will begin to break down and break through and break away those generational things that you have in your life that you've been trying to break yourself. The writer says, therefore, if it watch this, if you do it now, if at some point in your life, amen, you turn your life over to Jesus Christ. You are no longer under a curse because you now are a new creature in Jesus Christ. So the first point is this. The change begins like this. Your path in life has to change. Let me ask you something. What path are you on today? Come on, somebody. If you're still trying to figure out the cure... Change your path. He says, if, therefore, if, and somebody here today, amen, you're on a path, but it's not a path that's leading to freedom. You got to look at the path that you're on. You got to look at the prescription that you have on this path. And you have to ask yourself a question. Am I a changed man today? Am I a changed woman today? Because the path you take in life, and let me say something about this path right quick. This path does not mean that everything is going to be okay every day. This path that you have to take, watch this, it will be rough sometimes. It will be tough sometimes. But you know what I love about being on this path? What I love about being on this path is that the outcome, watch this, will always be for God's glory. Do I have anybody? Not only would it be for his glory, but here's the other thing about this path. That when I get over on the other side, while I'm going through my pain, while I'm going through my suffering, on the other side of my pain is purpose. Do I have anybody? And somebody here today. Amen. Paul, who switched from persecutor of Christ to proclaimer of Christ, he says, my path has changed. Can I ask you a question this morning? You want change, but you won't change your path. Do you really think, I'm just asking, 
Do you really think, (laughs) amen, that your life is going to be different if you keep living for yourself? If you keep being controlled, come on somebody, by the things of this world, if you are more in love with the things of this world and not the God that created everything, I want to tell somebody something. My help's coming. You see, you see, you see, if you are in him, you're cured. Tell your neighbor, ain't nothing wrong with me. Ain't nothing wrong with you. (laughs) You're not a victim. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm not a victim. Listen, I know what mama did. I know what daddy did. But guess what? In Christ, I'm on a different path. And you know what? what, Let let me just say this to you. Let me just say something about this path right quick. Not everybody's going to understand the path that you're on. Listen, listen. Everybody got to walk their own road. But let me say something to you. You don't have to become holy overnight to be on this path. You don't have to become all spiritual and start talking like, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored. You ain't got to do all that. Your path, watch this. God knows that path. And God knows each and every one of us. But I made a decision a long time ago that I'm not going to walk the same road my daddy walked. That I'm not going to walk the same road my mama walked. Because the examples that I had as a child wasn't all that good. But I found out something. I'm not going to play a pity party on my path. Because the path is already laid. Jesus died on Calvary's cross. So now I'm cured. You're not bipolar. You You ain't got no bipolar issues. Y'all really want me to go there? I was trying to stay doctrinal today. A lot of what we believe about ourselves are lies. Seriously. My hip hurt. I know your hip hurt. (laughs) Come on, somebody. But keep saying it. Keep saying it. Why don't you say I'm healed? Why don't you say I'm healed? Come on, come on, say. Why don't you say I'm healed? Come on, come on. I'm broke. You always going to be broke? I ain't got enough. You always going to be like that? You heard that coming up. Some of you heard some deep stuff, man. Coming up. I'm talking about breaking them curses. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Let me go on. He says, therefore, if anyone, and and this is the piece I want to tell you, this is for everyone now. (laughs) Amen. But the promise is not for everyone. (laughs) It's for the anyone who has accepted him. See, you know what I found out? I found out the reason why I'm so interested in things of God, because I am that anyone. Because before I was anyone, I was a nothing. And because, watch this, I thought that living for self was all that. But I found out that I can live for somebody else. I found out that it doesn't have to be about me. I found out that the bad habits I picked up in life, amen, that God has broken those strongholds in my life. He's taken away all those those negative things that I believed about my life. Tell your neighbor, change starts now. Now, right now. 
you got to, listen, you got to erase that hard drive and realize something. You're on a different path. You don't think you can go back to school. You don't think you can finish because you're a starter, but you're not a finisher. That's what you believe about yourself. But the curse has been broken. It's all up to you now. Watch what he says next. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so not only does your path has to change. Huh. Positionally, if you have accepted Christ, even though you ain't been in church about 16 years, I get it. Long time. I would just say long time. Here's the thing. If you've accepted Christ, your position in life has changed. Positionally, you're righteous. Positionally, you're sanctified. Positionally, you're more than a conqueror. Positionally, amen, you have grace and mercy. Watch this now. But see, if you don't understand (laughs) your position in Christ, mm -hmm, you'll try to perform to prove a point. But you ain't got to perform to prove a point because your position came at Calvary. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do I have anybody? Watch this. You are now a changed creature. You got to stop letting folk let let you think you got to be holy. Explain holy for me if you so holy. Because the last time I checked, you was lying. You was stealing time from the job. Come on, you were late. You're late every day. So don't tell me nothing about holy. If you're that holy, be on time. We got this misnomer. That's why people don't come to church no more. Because we, you got to walk a straight line. You can't lose your salvation. Let me, you, you can lose your salvation. Let me tell you something. If I've been born again. And Christ died on that cross for my sin. And I want you to find me one person that has lived this thing 100. Help me with that. There was one person. So yeah, I know you still smoke your little weed and drink your little drink and have your little sex around the corner and stuff like that. But I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Positionally, I'm in Christ. I may not have it together right now, but guess what? You got to break that curse of unbelief so that you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can walk in the power of God. I wish I had somebody here. Stop letting people condemn you. Oh, yeah. Y'all better watch out. Stop believing these lies. Listen, 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 listen to me real good. The very people who are strong with all that holiness stuff... Pay attention to them. Just peek around some corners. Peek around some corners. You'll see them. Because they hold a standard that they can't even keep. 
Come on, I'm going to be realistic with this thing. I fall short every day. Say it one more time. Every day. I ain't curse. I made a choice. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Seriously, I made that choice. I didn't curse. I made that choice. Because positionally, but if we were to tap into that position, well, listen, listen, your, your job is not what's making you. Come on, man. Your status is because of who you are in Christ. Now, if you tap into the blessing now, watch this now. Now, don't use that as an excuse to live wrong now, okay? But watch this. But, watch, but if you really tap into the power of the position that you have in Jesus Christ, he will elevate you. And I ain't just saying some stuff to make you happy. He'll elevate you. He will glorify. Watch this. You will do things that you've never done before. Things that you've been trying to do for years on your own if you stay in the position that God has for you. Your path has to change, so that means your friends have to change. And there's some family members, you got to just cut them off. Send them a card. Send them a card. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Seriously. You ain't got to be mad, Craig. You know what I mean? You ain't got to be mad. You ain't got to be mad at all. You see what I'm saying? But, but when, you're on, when you're on this path, it's narrow for a reason. It's narrow for a reason. But see, we believe all these things about ourselves. Listen, your, talk, your self-talk is what's damaging you. It's what's damaging you. Nobody's saying that stuff to you. It's what you're saying to you. But if you know your position, watch this, watch this. Can I say something? Your emotions can cause you to forget who you are. Your emotions, because you're really emotional. When you get on that, when you get on that stage, you got to take your emotion out of that thing. Okay. I almost lost my position in it. <laughs> Look what he said next. His was so deep. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Let, let me tell you what this word creature means. The word new. It has the idea of demolition. Rebuilding. You with me? You can't keep walking in your mama and daddy's consequences. It's a new day. You are a new creature. You're not the same. So not only must your position change in life, but here's the other thing. You're what? You're living for something different now. It's The word that new means an erection of something new. A new building. 
What's your purpose? What are you living for? See, here's the thing. You got a new purpose, but you got a new focus. You got a new agenda. Guess what? You got a new you. And so what he says, he says, listen, he, this person who is in Christ, this word, you know, you know what it says in Christ? It means the sinking down. It's, watch this, less of me, God, more of you. He said, how can I make that work for me? Change your purpose. Let it not, don't go to work for the money. What difference are you making? Let me help somebody with something real quick. Somebody, somebody's struggling with this here. Uh, you worry about food, clothing, and shelter. I got a solution to that. Matthew 6.33. Don't go there. But watch this. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know what the all things are? If you keep reading from verse 1 to verse 33, he says food, clothing, and shelter. What you worried about now? You know what your problem is? Mismanagement. That's what your problem is. You have enough, but you don't manage it. Come on, somebody. So you're so concerned about more, and you want more, and you want more, and you have more, but yet, can you imagine? You have more, but you're still not happy. What's the problem? Your purpose. See, if your purpose changes, watch this, you're going to begin to see things fall right in place. See, the change has to come this way. He says, you are now a new creature. You know what it means when he says a new creature? You got a new nature. You got new eyes. You, you got, you got new, a new mind. Did you know that? You have a new heart. God takes the heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. In other words, when my purpose is to glorify him and not just say it, but to do it then it becomes all about God, what is your agenda for my life? Do you know what the number one purpose is in Christ? What God's number one purpose is? That you would worship him. You said, Pastor, I don't understand my purpose, but I want to tell somebody here that God wants you to worship him. Worship is an expression that comes from your heart that says, God... None, nothing else but you. I don't know what you're living for. I don't know what your purpose is. But I want to tell somebody here, you're a new creature, but do you know it? But here's the thing. Do you know it and do you feel it? Do you see it happening in the way you make decisions? In the places you go? In the things that you do? See, because God has given us the power to overcome he is that kind of God but I thank God that he says I'm a, I am a new creature I didn't realize it until I started to grow in Christ that the things I used to do I didn't just stop doing them but I don't do them no more <laughs> you understand what I'm saying I don't do them no more 
because there's something inside of me that's not attracted to the things I used to do. Now, if you want to know whether or not you are changed, then you got to look at what you are in love with and what you used to be in love with and watch your new nature because your new nature wants to give God glory. Your new nature wants to give him praise. Do I have anybody? Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, he says, he says, all things. Look what he says. The old things has what? You got to have a eulogy today. You got to memorialize all that stuff from your past. Come on, somebody. You see, a lot of us, hallelujah, we can't change our past, but we keep living in it. We keep living with the regrets of why we are where we are. But you have yet to tap into the new creature that you are. Come on, somebody. You're working on the old man when you're supposed to be working on the... Come on, somebody. He says, old things have passed away. So not only does your purpose need to change. Somebody say, ouch. Amen and thank you. (laughs) Priorities. You cannot prioritize your pain no more. You cannot prioritize your past. It's done. You can't live with the regret that you didn't do what you were supposed to do for your kids. It's a new day. You're a new creature. But I believe, saints, I'm not saying you got to walk around, be at church every day. I'm just saying. But at least on Sunday, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Seriously. Can I ask you a question? What, what's your priority in life? My kids. That's idol worship. I'm going to get, Okay. Your kids can't be your priority. Why? They're going to leave you. <laughs> They're leaving home, y'all. <laughs> and that goes back to what I was talking about earlier, that if you train them up in the Lord, you can confidently sit back and say, my boo going to be all right. My baby is going to go out and become productive citizens of society because we, baby, we've done our best because we understand that we got different priorities now. You know what our priority is, baby? Let's, let's build our prayer life together. Let's, let's read the word together. Let's, 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 let's get in. Listen, I'm not saying, see, we got this thing where we think we got to be at church every time, which you should, but I'm just saying. Seriously, your priorities have to change. And so you got to ask this year, as we close this year out, what's going to be your priorities next year? You worked all that overtime. How's that working out for you? Just asking. Got more money in the bank. Okay, that's cool. 
But if your priority is not about developing the new creature, the new person. See, I believe that's the reason why we have an identity crisis as Christians. Because we don't understand who we are. And then we've been taught so wrong. You see what I'm saying? That we got to try to figure it out. You got to try to figure it out. He says, old things have passed away. Stop living back there. Come on, y'all. It's done. It's over. Things are going to change today for you. Today. I'm going to say it one more time. Today. Uh-oh, I'm getting charismatic. Today. Things are going to, see if you can say, things are going to change today for me. But where's your priorities? Time to sit down and prioritize. What's my priority? Nothing wrong with pursuing great. But when you go out in that world, you remember who you are. You're a curse breaker, y'all. You don't, you don't have to hold on to those bad memories. You've had a failed marriage. I get it. I understand all that. But thank God. Amen. I've been married now 20 years. So God gave me a second chance. But the one thing I can tell you about Sister Hunt and I, real quick, it was only one year the Lord let us live in sin. Uh, you see what I'm saying? One year. And then the Lord saved me. And then my priorities changed. My purpose changed. My pursuit in life changed. And we've never been the same ever since. Has it been easy? Nope. But I know what my priority is. God first. Can I just say it? God first. What about you? What about you? Are you going to walk in the sin of Jehoram? Where, where you make idols your God you know what's crazy about the, about the Israelites here's what's so crazy about them God opened up the Red Sea right showed them his power but yet they went and made a golden calf <laughs> and worshipped it you know what they did when, when Moses made the bronze serpent you know what they did They were so indoctrinated by the world, they couldn't see God. So they worshiped the the bronze servant as a God. Let me ask you a question. What are you making your God? Who are you turning to for deliverance? Who are you turning to for help? I'm just saying. Right? Now let me ask you this question. Are you just turning to him when you need him? Priority. That means every day he's a priority. Watch this. He says, old things have passed away. And what? New things. Oh, tell your neighbor, I'm ready for those new things. I don't know what they are, but I'm ready for them. Those new things. Tell you, neighbor, new things have come. 
Tell your neighbor, I need a fresh start. That's what that word be, fresh start. Tell your neighbor, I need a start over. Tell your neighbor, I need a do over. So I can do well. Come on. So the last thing is this. Not only must your priorities change. The last thing. Some of you are chasing them down, boy. You catching them too. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) All day long. 100. Amen. You catching them. But it ain't going to last. Your pursuit. Your walk. Your talk. Your forgiveness. Your change of mind. You have to embrace this new life and the new things. Because if you keep, I see Christians living so defeated, so down. You know, we come for a hype speech on Sunday. Am I right about it? Let the pastor make me feel happy. I walk out the door and I go right back to my old pursuits. You know why? You know why? Because you lack power. You need power. You need the power to make right choices. You know, if you go to the gym and lift weights, you're experiencing the burden, a burden with purpose. If you work out with a partner or trainer, their purpose is to place weights on you to lift so it can develop you. The purpose of lifting weights is to build muscle. Now, if someone took the same weights and threw it at you, the purpose would be to harm you. The same weight can cause pain, but not for the same reason. Come on. One pain is to develop you, Hmm. whereas the other pain is to harm you. God allows trials or temptations in in the life of the believer to develop them. Satan brings trials and temptations into your life to destroy you where God uses it, come on somebody, to develop you. Sometimes they are the same event. When you understand what God is doing and when you understand what the devil is doing, then you can understand the prayer for protection. So when Jesus says, pray for protection, he is saying to pray that God leads you into those things that are not only for your development, hello somebody, and never let Satan get a hold of you for those things that, that are for your destruction. Do I have anybody? Satan wants to destroy your walk. He wants you to believe That the very thing that God is using to develop you is the very thing that God is trying to do to destroy you. But you got to know the difference. But if your purpose is, is different, if your pursuit is different, come on somebody, you will understand that there's power in the name of Jesus. You're going to understand that the curse is no longer upon your life. That you are a child of God. 
that positionally you're no longer what you used to be because you are now a new creature in Jesus Christ. Give God a hand clap of praise. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. You know, I told my class in seminary on Thursday night, the reason we don't understand our new nature sometimes is because we're caught in the middle. This is earth and this is eternity. And we're caught in the middle. And I want to say to somebody here today, You got to take up a new purpose in life this year coming. You have to begin to realize that you're not who you think you are. And you're not who the who the labels that people have put, put on you, you're not that. God knows your heart. He knows you.